We've been looking at the book of Genesis the last several weeks. Foundational book of Scripture. If we don't understand Genesis, we are not going to understand the rest of Scripture. And today we come to chapter 11. And uh, the title of my message is A Confused World. <coughs> Excuse me, A Confused World. And we do indeed live in a <coughs> confused world, don't we? We need uh, God's work in our land today, perhaps like never before. So turn to Genesis chapter 11, and we begin reading at verse 1. Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. It came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone, and they used tar for mortar. They said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven, and let us make for ourselves a name. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. The Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have the same language. And this is what they began to do, and now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there and confuse their language, so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. Your word is truth, and we believe that from Genesis to Revelation. And we thank you, Lord, that we can stand upon your truth today. And thank you, Jesus, that you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. And so we ask that you would teach us now as we open the pages of your word. May your Holy Spirit guide us today, we pray, and help us, Lord, to, to live in light of your truth. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are, for the cross that we just sung about, where you suffered for us, you became sin for us, you who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in you. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When you don't understand the language of another person, it is very difficult to communicate, isn't it? Now, some of you have gone on mission trips before, and you've tried to kind of struggle through that, not really being able to share what, what you want to share, and maybe they with, with you as well. This became clear to me uh, several years ago. We had some hail that came through our neighborhood, and so all of our roofs were being replaced. And I was standing in between our house and our neighbor's house, and there was some, some men working on his roof, and they didn't speak English. And so he told them he had a, there was like a, a bird's nest in the, in the gutter. And he said, could you take the nest out of the gutter? And the guy just 
looked at him like, I don't comprehend what you're saying. So, like we all do, we said it louder and slower then, right? Would you take the nest out of the bird's nest out of the gutter? And he still didn't get it. So he starts flapping like this. <laughs> and the guy says, oh, yeah. So he pulls it out of the gutter. And that's the way it, it is, isn't it? When we're, we're trying to communicate in a language that we don't really understand. Well, it all got started uh, here in in Genesis chapter 11 at the Tower of Babel. The languages of the world were confused, so people could not understand each other. But I would suggest to you that even before God confused the languages, there was already confusion, there was spiritual confusion in the minds of the people. They did not have a right relationship with God. They did not understand who God was. And it is seen clearly in their behavior that day, what they did to seek to build that tower and and make a name for themselves rather than seeking to glorify God. A spiritually confused world. And we live today in a spiritually confused world, don't we? And so what is it like to be spiritually confused. First of all, the spiritually confused misuse God's gifts. Ever wondered what it would be like to live in a world where everyone in the whole world spoke the same language? That's what it was like prior to Babel. We're told that in verse 1, the whole earth used the same language and the same words. I think it was probably Finnish because, well, the first Finn in the Bible was Matisula, lived 969 years, and Noah was one of his descendants. So, I don't know if that's very good exegesis, but anyhow, it was one language, one word, same words, and they understood each other. And this could have been a wonderful opportunity after the flood, for people to unite together in worship and praise of God. Being able to understand each other. Being able to, together with, with one voice and one mouth, and offer glory and praise to God. But the people did the opposite that day. Instead of uniting together to praise God, they united together to exalt themselves. They misused the gift This gift of language that God had given them. Our Kent Hughes says this communion of language ought to have promoted a godly oneness of faith. But sin was alive and well among Noah's descendants. Ever noticed how easy it is to misuse God's gifts? Even language, even Our mouths, using our mouths in a way that that do not honor the Lord, but dishonor Him and wound others. We can use the money that God has entrusted to us on foolish things. We can use our minds to to take advantage of others. Even use our spiritual gifts in in a way that seeks to bring praise to ourselves. Sin is alive and well in our day today, and it's seen in how we misuse that which God has has given us. So the spiritually confused misuse 
God's gifts. Notice, secondly, the spiritually confused move from God's presence. Verse 2 says, It came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. Now, it's interesting, if you read the book of Genesis carefully, you will notice that there are many references to the east in, in this book. And journeying east carries with it the idea of of movement away from God. When Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden, cherubim guarded the entry at the east of the garden. Chapter 3, verse 24. After Cain killed Abel and refused to repent, he went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. When Lot left Abraham, he traveled eastward where he met disaster in Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham's sons by his concubine Keturah were sent away from his son Isaac eastward to the east country. Jacob fled his homeland to the land of the people of the east. And there seems to be just that that whole picture of Rebellion, a migrating away. And so as we think of, of this event here at the Tower of Babel, this was a place of rebellion. They moved outside of the place of blessing. And so we need to ask ourselves the question today, have we moved outside of the place of blessing? Are we running from God's will for our lives? Are we doing what we want to do? Instead of what God wants us to do, the spiritually confused want nothing to do with God. They think they don't need Him, and they move away from Him. And then thirdly, the spiritually confused mock God's name. There's nothing more precious, there's nothing more valuable than God's name. It is the name that is above every name, as was read from Philippians chapter 2 this morning. It is a holy name, a pure name. It is worthy of our praise. And that is why David in Psalm 34 verse 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. So we come this morning to exalt God's name, to lift up the name of Jesus, to praise His name, this this name that is above every name. The name before whom we will all bow one day, some in worship before their Savior, some bow before their judge. But that name will be honored someday by everyone, but it wasn't honored here Instead of exalting God's name, the people at Babel mocked God's name by seeking to exalt themselves. Did you notice in verse 4 what they said? They said, come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven. And let us make for ourselves a name. Let us exalt our name. Let us make for ourselves a name. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Many believe that the tower that they built that day is what is known as a ziggurat. And archaeologists have excavated several of these large structures 
that were built primarily for religious purposes. They were kind of like a pyramid and they had steps that you could climb up. And at the top, there was kind of a, usually a special shrine that was dedicated to a false god. And so there was a religious purpose for this tower that they built that day. And Warren Wiersbe says this infamous project was an arrogant declaration of war against the Lord. Not unlike the revolt described in Psalm 2. He says, to begin with, the people were resisting God's edict to scatter and repopulate the earth. Motivated perhaps by fear as well as pride, they decided to build a city and a great ziggurat and stay together. But even more, they wanted to make a name for themselves so that others would admire them and perhaps come and join them. Their purpose statement was the devil's lie in Eden. You will be like God. Making a name for themselves. Isn't that our culture today? Well, you look at the sports world and it just seems like there are such huge, huge egos of making a name for themselves. You look in media, you look in politics. It just seems like the, the, the whole culture is, is turning away from uh, worshiping and lifting up uh, God's name to, to, to make a name for myself so that I will be important in the eyes of the world. I hope you're not trying to make a name for yourself. I hope it's not your goal in life to be popular and well-known so that people will exalt you and praise you, but rather that it would be your desire to lift up the name of Jesus, to proclaim His name, to exalt His name, this name that is above every name. The spiritually confused mock God's name by seeking to make a name for themselves. Notice finally, the spiritually confused misunderstand God's power. The people who built the Tower of Babel really didn't understand who God is. If they thought that they could make a name for themselves, they were sadly mistaken. And we find in verse 5 that the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have the same language. And that is what they began to do, and now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. And so the Lord said, Come, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they will not understand what another speech. So the Lord came down and, and He confused the language. They could not understand each other and they were scattered then abroad over the face of the earth. Isn't it interesting? Here they were building this, this uh, big tower as a testimony of, of, of their strength and, and their power. And, and, and the picture we're given is that the Lord had to come down <laughs> and see this huge tower that they had built. Uh, God's position of, of power is, is, is very clearly seen there. And God was not threatened by what they had done. It's not what is being said here. 
that he, oh boy, you know, we've got to stop this because, you know, what are they going to do? As if God himself was, was threatened. Listen to how Isaiah describes the Lord in Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 21, he says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood them from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. It is he who reduces rulers to nothing, who makes the judges of the earth meaningless. So you think God is threatened by this? He was not threatened at all. They're just like grasshoppers to him. I think of the second psalm. The psalmist says, Why are the nations in an uproar, the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed one, saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords. And verse 4 says, He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. To think that people of the earth could somehow, you know, take their stand against the ruler of all creation. That the God who, who brings one ruler up and brings another down and brings one nation up and brings another down, that somehow God is personally threatened by that? Hardly. The reason God brought judgment at the Tower of Babel is not because he was personally threatened by their evil alliance. But God was troubled by what would happen to man, what would happen to humanity if this was left unchecked. You see, a world that unites together in rebellion against God is certain to be oppressive. When you hear people talk about a new world order or a one world government, that is not a positive thing. And we know from the book of Revelation that there will come a day in the future when there will be a world leader who will aspire for a one world government. And just as God had the final word here with the Tower of Babel, He will have the final word in the future too. God will have the final word. He will defeat those who take their stand against Him. And then He will usher in His glorious kingdom forever. So there's really two groups of people in this world, isn't there? Those who seek to exalt themselves. Those who want to make a name for themselves. Those who think that the world revolves around them. And then those who seek to exalt the name of Jesus. And so we're in one of those two groups today, aren't we? Are you in the group that is seeking to make a name for yourself? Seeking to exalt yourself? Or do you stand with those who want to lift up the name of Jesus? In Psalm 34, we read this morning, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt His name together. There was a young lady that 
sang beautifully in a church service one Sunday. And the pastor profusely praised her in front of the congregation, just kind of went on and on and on, and she was getting embarrassed. And finally, she walked out the door and shook his hand. She said, Pastor, please, please don't, don't do that again. She said, I want everything I do to bring glory and praise to Jesus. I pray that that's your desire. That all that you say and do would not bring glory to yourself, but that we would seek to lift up the name of Jesus. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, You are worthy of our praise. You have died for us. You have paid the price for our sins. You have worked in our lives to bring us to a place of faith in You. And thank You, Lord Jesus, for Your marvelous grace, Your wonderful love that You have poured out upon us. We have nothing to boast in today. Everything that we have, we've been given by Your hand. And so we desire, Lord, to exalt You and to praise You. Save us, Lord, from that spirit that would seek to to take some of the glory that belongs to You. Forgive us for those times, Lord, when we might have wanted to be exalted or noticed. Instead, Lord, help us to reflect any praise that we receive unto You. O magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.